Tell me your story. Tell me your story. How did it all start? Do you remember? Oh, I know what happened. How did it stop? You're now tuned into the Small Business Origins Podcast. I love an origin story. Each week, we dive into the real stories of entrepreneurs and businesses from across the nation. Who is he and what's his origin story? Who started with just an idea and are now making waves. I told you this was a good idea. This is Small Business Origins. Yeah, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Small Business Origins. I'm your host, as always, John Kelly, a.k.a. John the Marketer on Instagram and TikTok. If you're not checking us out on TikTok, you're missing all the behind the scenes stuff that we're doing here. You've got to follow us and check out what we're doing because we have awesome episodes just like this one. And you're tuned in. It's our nationwide search. We're looking for entrepreneurs that have a story to tell. And joining us virtually in the studio from Temecula, California, I've got an entrepreneur that wants to do just that. Diane with JDS Creative Academy. Diane, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, John. It's such a pleasure to be here. I'm excited for our conversation. It's always a pleasure for us. Um, and I am just talking to you before the show. I'm getting excited because I've always loved the idea of film and uh, video work and that kind of stuff. So this is going to be a really cool conversation for me. Um, but before we hop into all that stuff and kind of break that down, we always start out with an icebreaker question. And today's icebreaker question is, when you are alone in the car, what volume is your music at? Uh, well, it depends if my mind is running a million miles an hour. It might be a little bit soft and allow me to kind of process and think things through. But sometimes I just rock it out in the car. You know, I turn it up. It's full blast. I'm singing. That's the place. You know, people say, do you sing in the shower? I'm like, no, I sing in the car. People might wonder exactly what it is. But sometimes that's my my space to just rock it out, let it go, warm up a little bit for the day. Um, and then usually maybe driving home, I, you know, I'm a little bit more on a, um, a mellow track, kind of running through the day a little bit. and you know, I'm a little bit more reminiscent. Yeah. It depends on my mood. That's for sure. Yeah. Like uh, most of the time I like it loud. I'll tell you that I've got two 15 inch subwoofers in the back and uh, I listen to everything from country to classic rock to hip hop, rap, all of it. And nine out of 10 times, it's probably going to be as loud as I can take it, uh, which is the max volume of course. And I just like to jam out. It's, it's so much fun, but when I have the kids and wife in the car, they can't stand the loud music. So I have to kind of curb it then. But it does depend on my mood because there are times like, especially in the mornings coming to work, I hate waking up in the morning. And so I hop in the car and I'm just like, I want silence. I want silence. I don't want to hear anything. I don't want to see anything. I just want to go to work and have, you know, just a normal drive to work. But there are those mornings where I wake up and I'm like, all right, I got to get pumped for the day. So, you know, let me just jam something loud. But yeah, it, it, it depends on my mood too, which song I'm playing or what genre yeah. of music I'm playing, because you're right. Like sometimes I need something mellow to just enjoy myself. And then sometimes, you know, I want that like angry, just throw things type music playing. And, you know, I just want to like jam and rock out. I'm a classic rock girl. You know, I was actually driving in this morning. I was listening to a little David Bowie space odyssey. So that was, you know, it was, it was, a, it was a fun little ride into work and it kind of got me in the zone thinking about having this conversation with you and, 
um, you know, I, I, I'm, it kind of dates me a little bit, but you know, I'm a classic rock girl. <laughs> hey, you know what? It, it doesn't have to date you. I mean, you're 21. That's what I read in your profile. So we'll just go with that. You know, we'll go. With uh, that. <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm a huge classic rock fan too. I grew up with hippie parents, you know, so uh, my dad, he liked to smoke pot every now and then and just jam out to that good classical rock music. And I don't regret that upbringing because it did really make me appreciate uh, good music, man. I love going to see live music and just listen to that guitar screaming and, you know, everything else. Like it's, you can't beat good live music. And I know our video producer here, John, he likes to play with his band and I've definitely been to a show or two of his and he's got that sound. I enjoy that, man. Going out to a bar, uh, sitting there with a good beer in your hand and just listening to good music that really takes talent to play. Yeah. Well, it's all about the art, you know, that, reminds me, you know, you know, I'm all about the arts. That is my mission. That is my passion. And I believe the arts is what pulls people together. Music is one of those things that when you can connect and collaborate over music, um, you know, it, it does, it, it, it levels the playing field. It allows people to come into, you know, Absolutely. A commonality. well, I mean, so I think that's a good place to just kind of start. And I know it changes it up a little bit, but you know, small business origins. So obviously we want to hear the origin story of you and where you came from. So if you would just kind of tell us where'd you start and then kind of how that transitioned into what you're doing now. Well, I always say you can't connect the dots looking forward. You have to look back to be able to, to see, um, you know, where your milestones are and where some of those um, major things have happened that have shaped your life. And I think, make that first dot. I go all the way back to second grade. And, you know, second grade was really pivotal to me because I was diagnosed uh, dyslexic and I was a struggling reader. But what I knew that I really wanted to do is I wanted to play Betsy Ross in the school play. And so I had to figure out how I was going to read and how I was going to learn how to do this. And it came down to really teaching myself. And as a second grader in a school of first through sixth graders, I got the part of Betsy Ross in the second play, in the second grade. And then also in the second grade, there was a contest, <laughs> which was Ooh. whoever could sell the most candy. There were all these prizes that you could get. And the top prize was winning, this really does date me, a 19-inch black and white TV. And I wanted that TV. Well, I set out to sell the most candy in the whole school, and I did. And, you know, I had a little help. It showed my tenacity. It showed my, you know, how I could collaborate people. And I got my mom involved and we went out and did all this selling of candy. And so I see those things still in my life today. You know, I still love the arts. It was the arts that kept me connected all the way through high school when, you know, I'm a child of the, you know, late seventies, early eighties, when, you know, you were a lot of a lot of disconnect was going on, but because I wanted to be in the play, I stayed in school enough. I got the grades that you needed to get that kept me at least on that track as you go through. You know, I still work in television today. I love TV. I loved it then. I love it now. And I know how to get things done. And that showed up there. When I put my mind to something, I move forward. And, you know, th that really propelled my career. You know, I started off wanting to be an actor um, in this industry and I did a lot of theater and plays and work, you know, through college and and then my entrepreneurial spirit showed up um, shortly out of 
somewhat of college in the fact that I had gone through junior college and I had got my AA degree and and then I had went through the American Academy of Dramatic Arts and I had um, really pursuing the acting. I was starting to do, you know, small parts, little things here and there. But my entrepreneurial spirit said, well, if no one else is going to hire me, I'm going to build the production company that is going to put me on the stage. And at that time, it was a, a theater company that I built with then who is now my partner in life and business. But we were, you know, early starting out um, at that time, Scott Strand and I, and um, we uh, built Images and Imagination Children's Theater. And we were bussing in kids from, you know, all the schools to downtown LA, and we were putting on plays. And through that process of putting all this together, I didn't so much want to be on stage. I started writing and I was directing and I was producing and uh, I found a way uh, to sell a screenplay and I sold a screenplay and, um, and with that screenplay, I really, I thought, well, this is my big break. I can go be a producer with, with this company. And, they said, no, you don't have a bachelor's degree. And that's when I was never going to let anyone tell me that again. And I went back, I finished my degree at Cal State Northridge um, and I got it in radio, television, film. And from there, I went on to shows like General Hospital and Friends and Veronica's Closet. And I built the high def control room at Staples Center. And I worked in reality television on shows like Big Brother and survivor and all those wonderful things. But I had a little stint in some corporate video. Um, and I didn't even know what that was um, coming from the entertainment world and um, corporate mm -hmm. video. And all of a sudden with corporate video, it made a difference. I was making videos that made a difference for somebody else. Uh, they were cancer surviving um, patients. They um, needed the information that I was putting together in this video that would keep them engaged, but they had to learn from it and get something and it mattered. And it started really changing a lot of my focus. Um, but, uh, you know, I got pulled back into the world. That's when I did some reality yeah. television work. And it was from there that, um, it was pretty brutal industry. <laughs> I won't lie. You know, working in re reality television, you're either winning at all times or you're failing. Um, it, it was the culture of a company that I worked for at that time. And it was very tough. And I, I say that drove me to entrepreneurship again. And uh, my husband, I yeah. came home late. I had a, my oldest was just about almost three. And I came home late from work after late from work after late from work and hours and hours and missed bedtime and bath time and dinner and all those things. And I was frustrated and venting. And my husband, who's a professional actor, uh, he's been in movies with Bruce Willis and Christopher Walken and done a lot of um, big films. He looked at me and he said, what if we sold our house and quit our jobs making fat six figures a year? And this is in the early, you know, 2000, late 1990s. And, um, and we 
started our own production company and we did corporate video. We went back and I went, I looked at him and I said, yes. And the next day I put in my notice and he finished out his, um, his gig and we put our house up for sale and we moved about 75 miles south of Los Angeles and the Hollywood rat race. And we started JDS Video and Media Productions at that time. And it was a corporate video marketing company. And we we built it. That business is still in existence today. And here we are, um, you know, 20 years later with that. And then we launched JDS Actor Studio about 15 years ago. Um, and this was a lot because, you know, both my husband and I started in the arts and okay. there wasn't the arts for the kids. And now at this time, I now have three children. So, um, and that's where the JDS comes from. They're my namesakes. They're all three of my children's initials are um, JDS plus I'm D for Diane, Diane Strand. My husband is Scott, Scott Strand. So we're all JDSs. And, um, you know, there's a story that goes behind how that kind of came about. And, you know, if you want me to get into it, I will. I don't know how much time we have. You'll notice I have no problem chit-chatting and talking. So, uh, you know, but it it really shows that, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you got to jump. You got to say yes. And that's what I did in an instant. It wasn't, well, let me think about it. Or is this the right time? Or how are we going to pay our bills? And what about this? It was just, you know, a lot of it, see a need and fill a need. But when you lead with purpose and passion, and that's how everything really started to grow. And and we wanted for our kids the same thing that we wanted for other kids, because if it wasn't for the arts, going back to that little girl in second grade, where would she have been when, you know, words were jumping all over the page and D's and B's looked the same and dyslexia and everyone said, oh, she can't read. Let's do this. It was, no, give me a chance. Let me learn. How can I learn? And today, that's what I've learned how to do is teach people. I work with adults with developmental disabilities in the nonprofit that we founded, which is JDS Creative Academy. And it was all just a progression into that from videos that then had purpose and meaning and were helping businesses communicate and market, which is a very important thing. As you know, businesses need to communicate and market. And plus, <laughs> things need to be taught and learned. And you can do that through video and you can engage people and you can, and the power that video has. And didn't we all just learn that through the pandemic is how much video really does mean something and have to play a role in that to the arts and how the arts and video, it touches every single industry out there, whether you're communicating, you're learning, you're teaching, you're marketing, you need to talk to your internal customer, which is your employees and or you need to speak to your external clients who, you know, are mm -hmm. your customers out there. You know, that's what Video does, marketing does, communications, learning how to tell a story. You know, I'm a storyteller. You know, that's what I do is I, I create people's stories so they can go out and live their passion. And, you know, that's where it's evolved into. And 
So we created JDS Actor Studio because we wanted the arts in the school for our own kids, for others. We started as a little drama club and got permission, went through the school district and just kept putting one foot in front of the other. You know, I'm a true believer in manifestation and you have to like see the end. And then you can't, you don't have to know all the steps. The how reveals itself along the way. You know, I don't know the how as an entrepreneur, I do something new every single day that I've never done before. And I didn't know it yesterday. And I don't know what that new thing is today. (laughs) It might be that I met you and that's something new and how we communicate. It could be something that's yet to come. You know, I'm in California. It's only 1025 in the morning for me. So, you know, it's, it, it, and that's how I live my, 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 career, my profession is I make dreams come true. I provide hope, which is help one person every day and how I make that happen. Um, you know, and I share my message. I have purpose and I live with a lot of passion. I I believe that if you are living your passion, you know, you're not really working, you're, you're enjoying, you know, that's why I don't believe that there is balance, you know, it's integration, you know, I, I made that perfectly clear. I have three businesses and um, three kids and um, 14 staff members. And we're the hashtag JDS family, my customers, my clients, my participants, my students. I make art. We make TV. You know, uh, I, I provide for when I see something that we don't have, like in our region, in our area, right. Um we tap into LA media and, and news. Well, we're Riverside County. We're 2.4 million people in Riverside County, not in LA County, but we get LA media. So I do a TV show called Spirit of Innovation, which is all about providing local news and information, the need to know, the good to know, the did you know. We cover economics and what's going on in our local areas and schools and information, a lot of nonprofit news about, you know, good things happening in the community. Um, those kinds of things. Uh, I, I have a big festival because I believe the arts are what's all important. It's called Digifest Temecula. And that's where, you know, podcasters, um, it's a competition, it's networking, it's influencers, it's pulling it all together so they can learn new tools, they can network, they can get laurels, as well as help those that want to learn how to do this and provide back as well. Um, to the students that want to learn and amateurs and and even those that are starting out and just learning because you can't compare somebody's chapter one to chapter 20, you know, and certainly through social media as we all put our highlight reels out there, right? So, you know, we have to, you know, we have to be able to give back and and, and open up those pathways for more to follow. So we have some sort of legacy there too. So, I mean, that's what 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 it's what it's about and when you're leading with gratitude and you're helping others it, it's kind of crazy it helps you too <laughs> man there's so much to unpack there I, I should have been taking notes this whole time but i was just too enthralled in the conversation so i hope i hit all the points but i love how we both have projects in the works you know small business origins very similar to what you have going on there that's the whole point of this show is i want to take these small business owners and entrepreneurs who are 
Um, I think it's said that they're celebrated. I think it's known like, you know, they're the backbone of our country, but I don't think we celebrate them enough, especially when it comes to uh, the media where these things are, you know, driven by video and driven by getting that word out. And it can be so expensive to do that. So it's like, we kind of created this show to do exactly what you're doing, which is showcase other entrepreneurs and the really cool projects they have going on. And the hopes are that eventually there's going to be millions of downloads and this show is going to be a top, you know, 0.03% podcast or 0.01% podcast like Joe Rogan, where it's, you know, so popular because people want to celebrate the business owner. Like that is the whole goal. And it's cool that you have some projects in the works that are doing the same thing. And both of us have very similar backgrounds that I think played into helping us to do what we do now, because that's it. I was a big theater nerd back in high school and that's how, and junior high. And that's how I met John Fritching, my video producer here at beefy. And, um, you know, he was on the tech side. I was on the performance side. I always loved singing, always loved performing, being on stage, for some reason, I didn't mind the center of attention being on me. You know, it was it was okay. It didn't make me nervous. I got butterflies, but I felt good about it. Like it was an exciting butterflies for me. And uh, so I became a, a Texas honor thespian, um, you know, and, and I really stuck with it. And then my senior year, I got super discouraged. And in my true ADHD fashion, I just said, okay, I'm done with that. Like it's over, but it set me up. And I think it probably played a big role for you in setting you up and being comfortable with talking to people. You know, it's what has made me a yep. great relational salesman at this point is because I can create that relationship and sell to someone without the fear and nervousness of, oh, well, you know, how's this conversation going to go? Or what if I get rejected? I mean, I think rejection is probably an actor's middle name, you know? So it's like, you're going to get rejected for parts. Like that's the only thing that's certain in the acting space. Uh, I'm jealous because I didn't get to go through the, I mean, I could have, I just chose not to go through that college process and continue to uh, do the acting stuff. But I think I took away so much from that and being able to do like even this podcast, you know, getting on this show, it's not often that I have guests like you that can go on a 15 minute monologue and say so much great information. Sometimes I have to pull that information out of the person that's here. And it's like being able to perform, lead the show, ask these questions, come up with these questions, improv a little bit with, you know, where the show's conversation is going to go. Because as you know, none of this is scripted. So this is all off the top of our heads. We're just having a conversation. And all of those things, I think, just played into the background of where you came from and then what you're doing now with all of this stuff. And it's, it's amazing. I love this story. So on the corporate video side, um, well, we're here to talk about mainly JDS Creative Academy. So I guess let's start breaking that down first, because that was your your main point of of you know conversation we wanted to have here. So let's just talk about exactly what it is and what it does. And then big for us is the why. Why are you doing which I think you covered some already? Sure. Well, JDS Creative Academy is a nonprofit with a mission to expand the arts to the community and to provide pathways into um, working your passion and turning them into profits in a competitive marketplace. And we do that for three-year-olds through senior citizen, as well as mainstream through special needs. And um, we help people, whether that's teaching them acting, teaching them musical theater, fashion design, backstage production, uh, script writing, and then we have a Title 17 job uh, video production job training program 
which is specific to adults with developmental disabilities and helping them pursue their passion in working in this industry. And they come in 25 hours a week and they learn video production and multimedia. And then with the goal of getting an, a paid internship that can hopefully maybe even turn into a direct hire and jobs. And currently we have placed over uh, five individuals into paid internships. Uh, one is about to become a direct hire. And then we, and they've done things like working camera for Storm Stadium, which is uh, a minor league baseball team, uh, working for production companies, doing social media, uh, doing editing, doing lights and sound for theater companies. Um, and then we have uh, seven that are with, signed with an agent that are doing acting work. Uh, specific to those that are looking for those with developmental disabilities. And then we're out there educating businesses of why they can hire adults with developmental disabilities and understand that it's a small accommodation mm -hmm. that they may need to make. And then they have a loyal employee, someone who is trained comes with a job coach. So you kind of get two for one as well as that, um, as well as you get somebody that is you know, they, when they know some, you know, the thing a lot of times with someone with a developmental disability is they might not have a whole lot of the social things. They couldn't carry on the conversation because uh, it's too exhausting to be able to be personable in that way for them. But and that's a small accommodation to where they love animation. They can make some fantastic animation. You know, you teach them the buttons to push and then they know and it becomes very routine and automatic and then their creativity just blossoms and it becomes, it, it blows my mind because I get more amazing work when you just make the accommodation than sometimes I get out of high level industry professionals, you know, and, and you still get attitude there too. So, you know, it, it happens both ways. Uh, but you know, and, and through that, we have plenty of vehicles that train them and help them. And we bring that into the professional space. And, um, you know, the, the nonprofit not only uh, does the training programs, but then we host these events and invite the community to be a part of it and learn and be able to experience the arts and watch plays, you know, professional level plays and give the community there. They don't have to pay high prices. We work with foster youth and yeah, and just open the doors. So the person that comes to you for this type of training is, how are you set up? Is this something that they pay for? It, it depends how they come in through this space. Uh, those that come in uh, with developmental disabilities for the job training program, that's funded through um through the state of California, through departmental developmental services. So the, the participant is not financially impacted or the family in that way. Uh, it's a service that is provided through them. We're a vendor program uh, running a Title 17 program. So that's a, it's a day service program. Um, with incentives to move through to then be, get them off social services and being able to move into the mainstream that way and be able to participate maybe with some services still because some of these individuals will need services for the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. um, but it, you know, we work with a, 
with a wonderful full, uh, you know, high functioning population that, you know, can definitely, some of them can bridge into, you know, full mainstream uh, assimilation. Uh, and then the other programs, uh, we get scholarships and grants. So, you know, the foster youth and at-risk youth were able to provide acting classes and musical theater programs and things that they want to learn that they can take with to build self-confidence and leadership skills. Uh, we get grants and scholarships and a lot of corporate funding that, you know, from some of our wonderful community members that go on. And then there are some that come in and pay, you know, um, we're vendored with some of the schools. Um, so the charter schools send kids here as well. And, you know, some of those services are billable back to the charter schools and uh, through different things. So it, it's a combination of some paid services, um, but all of our services are um, very economical to the fact that, you know, for a hundred dollars a month, you, you can pretty much get uh, any kind of creative art program that you're looking for and being taught by industry professionals. Yeah, that's, that's what I love about it. Honestly, I feel like it was probably mostly due to economics. You know, I was not necessarily rich growing up and uh, especially once my parents divorced and that kind of stuff, the junior high, high school age where I was really getting into acting I didn't have money for lessons and uh, you know, for a manager and for like all those things that you kind of need when you're trying to get your feet off of the ground. And it was something that I wish I would have had. So a program like this would be awesome where, you know, there's that possibility of getting some of that training, which I guess it's fitting that this exists in California, you know, especially right there in that area. I mean, it, it is the Mecca for performing arts. Well, I'm trying to change that. Yeah. And, and that would be yeah. something really cool to see. You know, I think we've seen a lot of that with some really good television shows that are kind of creating these like new LA's and other States, you know, um, where like Georgia, you know, the walking dead and those types of shows that are filming so heavily there. And it's like, well, it's not just the walking dead. Like it's so many other shows that are really kind of making them another LA, if you will. Uh, so that's pretty cool to see in the industry. Yeah. Well, I'm starting our campaign with the nonprofit is arts across California, arts across America, because that takes us back to, why we started this in the beginning, which was really to be able to put the, you know, because the arts aren't in the schools, it, the support isn't there in your um, public mainstream school, the funding's not there. And those are things that I have no control over as far as what's funded in schools. So this is a way to do arts across, arts across America, which is empowering individuals like yourself, because I'm going to show you how in in our campaign, we're going to show you how to create a nonprofit, how to create these programs to train, whether that's acting, musical theater, fashion design, script writing. We're creating all the curriculum so you could start a creative academy, not a JDS. Uh, you know, it can be the beefy creative academy that is um, out there and you would have all the programs and being able to do that to be able to self have this be a business that could run anywhere across America to create these kind of programs and be inclusive as well as providing pathways for those that want to be able to pursue this. Because if you have a passion in this, you need to be able to pursue your passion and live your dream. And I believe if we're helping one person every day, we'll get there. And uh, creating these programs to be able to do that 
will be able to give the arts to those that need it, provide uh, an inclusive place for people to come and learn that's safe, to be able to use these skills in many different ways, whether that's entrepreneurship, in another field or energy, whether that's providing news and media for your region, because you don't have them, you know, how to produce a TV show, how to produce a podcast, how to uh, be able to create these classes and programs so it can be shared and passed on. And hopefully so, you know, you don't have those like yourself saying, well, if it was only available, it needs to be available. Yeah, I've seen a big shift in education here in Texas, at least where, uh, and it's, it's still a slow shift. You know, this is something that's been progressing, but we're moving away from the only way is the desk, the computer, the test, you know, the pen and paper. Uh, and we're moving towards that whole, like, Hey, let's have a daycare center. Let's have a fully functioning, you know, bank. Let's have um, a cafeteria where people can run food service and and learn that in school. You know, students can run this. And uh, same thing with like learning to cut hair when you get out. Uh, you've got your your certification for that. Learning to be an EMT, and when you graduate, you can take your test and then actually get your certification for that. Like not just arts, but in general, we need to focus on more than just learning arithmetic, learning English, and then learning how to go to college. Like we need to educate people on how to find their passion because you're right. Like with me, I work full time as a firefighter. That's 48 hours every single week. I work two days on four days off and then part time I work at beefy marketing, but it's really full time because by the time you add up the hours I work at home, plus the three to four days I'm in the office eight to five on my off days. And then, you know, you take the podcast, which takes some of my day here. Sometimes I podcast from home. And it's like, I've got job after job after job. I own a company that's an event services company for, you know, DJing, live streaming and uh, photo booths. And it's like all of those jobs don't count up to be just, I'm so busy. I can't keep up and I hate my life. I enjoy everything that I do. I'm passionate yep. about firefighting. I'm passionate about getting on the microphone here and having a new episode every week. I'm passionate about helping small business owners market their company um, it's all passion that drives me. And as you said, I could not agree more. I know it's cliche, but it's like, I don't necessarily work. You're like, yeah, is it stressful? Sure. But I enjoy what sure. I'm doing. So you're right. If we can educate kids to be passionate about what they're doing and turn that into work when they get out, I think we'll have a lot better of a society, people who are more productive. I agree. You know, that's part of, you know, who I am. I sit on a lot of boards. I sit on the workforce development board for the County of Riverside. I just got named the president of the board for the Southwest Economic Development Coalition. And I think that those things drive each other. I am uh, very active in our public schools and making sure that the career technical education, that they're, you know, putting forth the digital media and the arts, because if we're not exposing and creating apprenticeships, uh, our nonprofit has an apprenticeship with the state of California for positions like director and writer and camera operator and editor, because we have to create that pathway. It's This is a very subjective, hard industry. I have, a, I wrote a book on, it's called Show Business, Breaking into the Industry as an Actor. And yes, it's very subjective. There's, um, for every 
100 auditions, you get 10 callbacks and one job. That's the grand statistic. Um, so, you know, it's, you know, you, but you have to be able to be that preneur, whether you're a creative preneur, that's the book that I'm currently writing now. Or if you are a, an authorpreneur, you're a podcastpreneur, you're a marketpreneur, you know, all of those things, you know, entrepreneur is the big word that encompasses it, but drill it down, have passion, know where you're going. And it is, you know, when I, that'd be my doorbell, somebody's ringing um, at my 7,000 square foot building that I have no control over. So sorry all about good. that family. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, as, you know, as we just grow and we bring people into our world, I I am more fulfilled. And the more I'm able to give to others, the more I keep getting in return and being able, as I level up more people, I level up. As I help them find their dreams, you know, it, it's very hard. I have, um, you know, 15 staff members and when they leave, um, it, it hurts deeply, but I know they have to grow beyond me. You know, I didn't stick with General Hospital or Just Friends or Just Disney. You know, I kept growing from, you know, production assistant to production coordinator, to production manager to associate producer. You know, you got to move through it. And those were because people provided a pathway for me and I need to provide that back. And that's how we're going to be able to grow our our industries and all industries and grow business and economics and workforce. I mean, since the pandemic, we're all, you know, we, we know that we have a labor shortage. So people are, are starting to make that pivot to hopefully do what they're passionate about as our world shifts. And as we try and recreate what, you know, the next century is going to look like as we move forward and you got to have the arts and you got to have collaboration and you got to have connection. And, um, and I feel if you're, you're helping other people get there, you're going to get there too. Amen. I mean, that's the whole point of everything that we do here in Texas. We're, we're trying to help others so that uh, it'll move us up and level us up, as you said, and especially in the art space. I mean, I think that's something I probably forgot to say earlier was, um, as we learn these, these truths that people need to be able to do something besides just college and everything else, we already know that the art sides of thing has always suffered. This has always been, you know, it's like, let's put money to the football teams. Let's put money to, uh, these things that are educating our students and making money for, um, the district or pleasing the taxpayers or whatever else. And arts has always suffered. You know, I remember we had to like, we had to hustle ad space in our program for our shows so that we could afford to do things like go to the thespian convention, which let us network with 2,500 other kids at the time to learn how, you know, their stuff was going, how they were acting and how they were uh, producing their shows and what they were doing at their school and how we could support them. And like these super important networking and training conventions that we had to fund ourselves. You know, it was like, well, you can either pay to go to thespian convention or you could sell ad space and then that'll get you a free ticket. And it, it's great. It taught us a lesson because we were out there hustling this ad space, just like you were out there yeah. hustling candy. Uh, and so it taught us a lot of really good lessons. And I'm not upset about that. But it's like, I'm glad to see that we're finally shifting and saying, you know what? During the pandemic, we had a lot more time to be creative 
And we had a lot more time to burn by watching and listening to other people being creative. And I think it really shed an awesome light on a whole new way, a whole new industry of, you know, not only making money, but also getting your message heard. You know, I think we're probably one of the most heard generations across the country of, you know, it's no longer just you have to be a celebrity actor or actress on a movie or a TV set in order to have your voice heard. It's like anyone can, as long as their message is good enough that it catches their attention, anyone can be heard now. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's what it's all about is sharing ideas. That's how, um, you know, that's, that's how it really works. And we're, I think we're getting a little bit back to that. You know, we became very disconnected, but now we're finding ways, you know, to have to reconnect in other way, in other ways. And that's what the arts does though. It's always been that safety net. It, It catches those, those that, um, that, that, maybe falling out of the system or out of the program. It's the arts that catch them. I know it caught me. I've seen it catch other people. I see it reconnect people into, um, you know, you're finding, you found your stage. You're, you're here. I found my stage, even though I had some stages with audiences, those weren't my right stages. Mm. This stage now with these audiences is my right stage. And you find your way back. And, and that's what the arts does is it really leads you back to where you want to be. And coming out of a pandemic, we're in a renaissance phase, you know, going back through that. So, uh, you know, and, and it's, it all focuses around the arts. And when you can have a community that is open to it, um, which I think the community is opening up to it, uh, which is great. And then you can have wonderful festivals and, um, and bringing collaborators together. You talked about going to an event. And if you, uh, look at what those are, they're, they're ways to bring people together around art in some way. Uh, someone created promotional items and graphic design and put hard energy and passion into promo items or videos or a podcast or whether you're writing a book or you're trying to, you know, even the creativity that comes out of the CPA world, they have to communicate their message and why finance is good and why those things need to be a part of, of everyday lingo, you know, and put in the sexy behind it. And that's the art. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's something that you think is going to be difficult to do until you get with somebody who's good at it. Cause I actually had uh, way back when we were the beef podcast before we rebranded, I had on uh, Kelly Violet. She's with the Tomball economic development corporation here in Texas. And I was like, man, how is this episode going to be good? I mean, it's like, I love Kelly. She's a great person, but this is just a boring topic, you know? And she came in and it was not boring. And it was actually one of the highest grossing downloads for an episode that we have. And it's just like she was able to inspire that passion in other people listening to care about the topic, something that you wouldn't think, you know, everyday people want to actually hear. So I love that. Um, I love that. I'm going to go listen to yeah, it. Yeah, it's a great episode. the president of the Economic Development Corporation. <laughs> and she's actually from your neck of the woods. So um, you'll probably know exactly where she's talking about when she starts describing where she grew up and all that kind of stuff. But um, so someone who is inspired by this episode, someone who enjoys what you have to say, they want to connect with you or someone who is in your area uh, and wants to learn from you, take part in this program. 
come to work for you, whatever the case may be, how do we get in touch with you and how do we find out more information about this? Well, I'm on about every social media platform that's out there. And a great way to search us up is the JDS, the hashtag JDS family. And then you can find uh, from JDS Video and Media Production, JDS Actor Studio, our nonprofit, JDS Creative Academy. We also have Spirit of Innovation, which is our magazine style uh, news and information. And for all of you out there listening, think about how you interact with digital media, and then you want to connect with DigiFest Temecula. It is DigiFest season, so I know you're going to be entering your podcast into DigiFest because this episode would could be a winner right here. You never know. Um, but from podcasters to musicians to graphic designers to film and video, short stories, documentaries, narratives, all of that, graphic design fine art, if it has some computer generation, that's DigiFest Temecula. So just, I'm Diane Strand. There's dianestrand.com. I have a book out there. It's called Show Business, Breaking into the Industry. My new creativepreneur book, it will be coming out uh, later this year. So I love to connect with people. I love to help inspire people. So reach out and say hi. It is me. Heck yeah. So is this an in-person festival that you have? It's in person and virtual. Okay. Uh, it's an international festival. We're in our seventh year now. Wow. So you can come. It is a, a three-day festival to come out and then you get to network. I mean, we have high-level industry professionals that come and speak and present all, um, throughout the three days from director panels to podcast panels to high-level Emmy-winning and actors and actresses, um, et cetera. We do workshopping as well. And then we have our screenings for the uh, video and film entries. And then we also have uh, our awards that we put on. Um, and you don't have to be present. It's not anything like that. You get a really great uh, award and laurels that you can put on your website, and your your festival screenings that go through. And then, um, you know, but you can interact virtually as well. Everything, all the major events are streamed. Got to check it out. How much does it cost to enter? Uh, oh, it's very nominal. Depends whether you're a student, amateur, or professional, um, but it's anywhere from about twenty to twenty-five dollars to to really enter at the highest level um, for professionals. Okay. And then, uh, and then for tickets to come enjoy the event, there's an all-access pass. In person is one hundred and twenty-five. Virtually is seventy-five. Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds like beefy marketing. Andrew's just going to have to cut a check and send, you know, all of us to California. Uh, I know it's going to be a hard trip out there. You know, we're probably not going to enjoy it. It's strictly business. Uh, you know, the weather is not great in California. This is at all, Southern so. California wine country. It is the right place <laughs> to be. <laughs> I know. I We actually took a trip to LA. Um, it was one of those like business vacation style trips. My wife uh, and some of her coworkers had a convention to go to. Um, and so we were right there, like in downtown smack dab, like it was as LA as it gets all the way from, uh, you know, cause the men that went on the trip, we were just there to enjoy ourselves. And then the women had to do the business stuff. And then at night they got to enjoy themselves. Then we spend a couple extra days just having fun, uh, you know, checking out the area. And, uh, of course this was all pre pandemic and it was just, I mean, we did everything from ride scooters into Skid Row uh, to find a fire station we wanted to tour, uh, not knowing we were heading right smack dab into Skid Row. 
Um, and then, you know, all the way up to going out to um, the pier and just, you know, walking out there and seeing the beach and the the mountains in the background and like all the just typical, like stereotypical California stuff, especially SoCal. Like that's what we did. Uh, it was an amazing trip for me. I'll tell you like any other downtown area, I don't really like walking around downtown very much, uh, but that goes for downtown Houston, downtown Dallas and everywhere else. Um, but other than that, it's just such a different world out there. Oh, yeah. So I think we absolutely need to make a beefy trip out of it and come see you in April in person. Well, I think that's awesome. Maybe we can get you involved. Maybe we can get you in as a sponsor. Or, uh, maybe we can even discuss uh, getting you involved in the podcasting aspect of it. So uh, I think there's some conversations to to come from this. Heck yeah. All right. So if somebody wants to be a sponsor, they want to find out more information about uh, Digi directly then what is the best way to do that? Uh, Digifesttemecula.org is our website. And then, you know, of course, you can always just reach out directly if you're interested in getting involved in a higher level at, you know, my email is diane at jdscreativeacademy.org. I'm putting it out there. Message me. Perfect. Yeah. Hey, I, I think that we got a lot of good information out there for our listeners. I hope they're as excited as we are. I know John has been over there nodding his head this whole time that we've been talking, saying, heck yeah, I'm excited. Uh, so it, it's been a great episode. And, you know, Diane, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. It was great to meet you. And I'm just excited to, you know, hear about everything in the future. And we're going to have to keep our listeners updated on all this stuff you have going on. It sounds like a plan. Thank you so much for having me on. Of course. And listeners, thank you as always for tuning in for another episode of Small Business Origins. We couldn't do this thing without you. Every single thing that you do from listening to liking, sharing, or reviewing this podcast helps us out tremendously. And the big thing is it doesn't just help us. It helps other entrepreneurs that are out there helping others themselves, whether it's the small business owner that's just getting started or someone like our guest today who is well-established and has all the connections, but is also doing good. It's just a chain reaction of doing good for us so we can do good for others so they can do good for others. So thank you for tuning in every single week. As you know, we've got a new episode for you. We haven't missed one since we started. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts, right where you're listening right now is great. But if you head over to smallbusinessorigin.com, we've got some great resources beyond just your listening platform. We've got blogs on there. You can see uh, photos of our guest today. You can see where you can connect with her directly. All of those links that she talked about are centrally located right there on the website. So you got to make sure you're stopping by every single time. But as always, that was another episode for us. Thank you to our guests. Thank you to our listeners and stay beefy, my friends. Thanks for listening to another episode of Small Business Origins. I love an origin story. If you like what you just heard, leave us a review. Subscribe and share with a friend. Guys, check this out. They're going to love it. You're going to love it.